Hello and welcome. This is Perspective for Parents. My name is Nick Thompson, and this is a podcast for parents of adolescents. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Okay, so this topic on dating and relationships, I just, got, I just kept going, kept talking too much. So it, it got long. So we're going to make it two different parts. So this will be part one, and part two will be released in a couple days. Okay, part one. In this episode, I'm going to share a tool that I use when covering the topic of dating when speaking with our youth. Often, this is a topic, a conversation that many youth don't want to have with their parents, or any adult for that matter. But it's a hugely, huge, important topic, so it needs to be talked about. And because youth can be so resistant to their parents' opinions, especially on dating, it can be helpful to use a tool, a tool that you didn't create, or I created, to introduce important concepts. Okay, to the tool. My go-to tool that I use to create the structure for a great conversation is something known as Know the Eight Before It's Too Late. That's the title of it. And what it does is list eight mental and emotional signs of abuse used by one person to gain power and control over the other. I found this tool so helpful. It points out what to look for and also allows for a conversation of what a healthy relationship looks like. And when talking about dating, with youth in or entering the dating world, I think it is important to be very clear about being aware of the unhealthy, the toxic, the abusive, and just not focusing on only the healthy. Okay, so let's look at the eight. And just so you know, a link for this tool will be in the show notes. So, all right, okay. This is Know the Eight Before It's Too Late. And after I read one of the eight, I'll just read the little paragraph on the, on the tool here. Okay, number one, intensity. Excessive charm, lying to cover up insecurity, needing to win over your friends and family immediately, over-the-top gestures that seem too much too soon, bombarding you with numerous texts and emails in a short period of time, behaving obsessively, insisting that you get serious immediately. Okay, so that's the blurb on intensity. Yeah, intensity. The thing about intensity is it, it, it sounds good. Sometimes. Sometimes it sounds great. It can sound, look, and feel like love. Maybe not the lying and, and, and some of those pieces of it, but the intensity of the infatuation. And when I share this with youth, this is the main category that surprises them. This one actually puzzles them a bit. because. You know, they've been through health class. They know the abuse cycle. They've got an 800 number for domestic abuse. But many of them do not get introduced to the earlier, more subtle entry points into an abusive or unhealthy relationship. And if we think about it, intensity, we love it. Movies, music, art, literature, the vast majority of all of it is based off of the intensity of love. 
you know, first the, the positive intensity and then the negative intensity of loss, heartache. It's true. Love songs, movies, they're usually about the on-ramp or off-ramp of a relationship. There's not too many tunes dedicated to the plateau, you know, that stretch of interstate that makes up the majority of the trip. Now, not all intensity is bad, but it could be a sign of possible negative things to come. Of course, when our youth first meets someone and they're infatuated with them romantically, of course there's going to be intense emotions. Emotional intensity is a hallmark of adolescent development. It's normal, very normal. Now, what I'm talking about is what does someone do with that intensity? And that's what I love about the eight, is that it breaks down examples of unhealthy intensity. And I want to be clear to say, not all people who are intense in the beginning of a relationship become abusive. But I will stand by. I don't have research back in it, but I will stand by the percentage of people who are super intense at the start of a relationship. The percentage of those people who will later become abusive is higher, way higher than the people who become abusive who start the relationship by focusing on taking things slow. Sorry, I don't have research. Just feel like I know that one. I'll stand by that. So it's important for our youth to know that the vast majority of abusive or unhealthy relationships start with intensity. And then the intensity supports the next steps of the eight. So what's next? Number two, jealousy. Here's what the eight says on jealousy. Behaving irrationally when you interact with other people, becoming angry when you speak with the opposite sex, persistently accusing you of flirting, cheating, resenting your time with your friends and family, demanding to know private details of your life. Yeah. Yeah, this one too in the beginning, can feel cute, playful, loving. Like, would you look at that? He's so into me. She is so into me that she gets super jealous sometimes. For so many, especially in the beginning, it can feel good. It can make you feel valued. Someone's so into you that they're worried that you just might find somebody else. Aww. No. And I'll have students push against this. And so I'll say, okay, so a feeling of jealousy isn't always that bad of a thing. But what does someone do with that feeling? In prepping for this episode, I found this uh, uh, really popular Pinterest post. And it said it it was entitled, A Real Boyfriend. And this thing has been liked, followed, viewed, whatever you do on Pinterest, millions and millions of times. So I said, a real boyfriend, and underneath that title, had a list. Okay, the list is, calls you all the time for no reason, texts you all the time, wants to see you, gets jealous, is overprotective, loves you. Wait, what? (laughs) No, that's not a real boyfriend. That's definitely an unhealthy and most likely an abusive relationship. And this is why this conversation is so important. Because so much of of, of these first numbers on the eight, they look, they feel fun. They feel playful, loving. 
in the beginning. That's how it looks. That's how it feels. On the topic of jealousy, I was like uh, St. Augustine's quote. He said, he that is jealous is not in love. All right, on to three of the eight. Number three, control. Telling you how to wear your hair, when to speak, or what to think. Showing up uninvited at your home, your school, your job. Checking your cell phone, emails, Facebook. Going through your belongings. Timing. Following you. Sexually coercing you. Okay, so that, that was control. Things are ramping up a bit. But, but even that one, not so much some of those descriptions, but some of it, the more subtle forms, can feel loving at the start. Examples of what some people with some youth think is, is harmless could be like, you know, when someone says, I just don't trust him, you know, I just don't, I, I don't trust her, so I just don't want you around them, you know. Some people can describe as, look, he's looking out for me. That person's a bad influence. He doesn't want me around them. No. Really think about what that means. I hope you know what that means. That doesn't mean they don't trust that other person. That means that they don't trust you. It's sneaky, right? I always try to share the cutesy early version of what this can look like. Another example. So when you're on your phone texting someone, and the person you're dating is like, Hey, who are you texting? I tell everybody I work with, Who are you texting? With time will turn into, Who are you texting? And I also do the, um, I share this one too, peeking over your shoulder can often turn into peeking through your blinds. Now that one's a little darker, but I share it because it's important to address these things early so they don't continue and get much, much worse. That was control. Okay, number four of the eight, isolation. Insisting you only spend time with him or her making you emotionally or psychologically dependent, preventing you from seeing your family or friends, forbidding you from going to school or work, ridiculing your friends or social circle. Okay, so that's, that's their little blurb on it. It's a big one, this isolation. Why? Because people keep us well. People keep us grounded and logical. And in a toxic relationship, in an abusive relationship, the abuser will look to loosen or cut your ties to the positive people in your life. Why? Because most likely, if those positive people hear about what's going on in your relationship, they're going to intervene. They're going to intervene by telling you that you need to get out. Get away from the abuser. This isolation thing is huge. A big piece of manipulating someone is cutting them off from the people who can provide them perspective. Perspective, others' perspectives, is not what an abuser wants. They don't want to be exposed. They can't be exposed. They need to control the message. They can't withstand contradicting views from others. And they know. If they can cut you off from your friends and family, then they control the message. Therefore, they can convince you of anything they'd like to, and ultimately, control you. 
Okay, so that was the first four of the eight. Number one, intensity. Two, jealousy. Three, control. Four, isolation. Now on to five through eight. And so for five through eight, I'm going to share what the, what the tool says, but I won't be adding much after that just because these signs are a little more intense, a little more obvious, and we can all agree there's nothing cute, fun, or loving about these. These are often all the ones they hear about in, in their health class. But I'm going I'm to go through them. Okay, so number five, criticism. Calling you overweight, ugly, stupid, or crazy. Ridiculing your beliefs, ambitions, or friends. Telling you that he or she is the only one who really cares about you. Brainwashing you to feel worthless. Number six, sabotage. Making you miss work, school, an interview, test, or competition by starting a fight, having a meltdown, or getting sick, breaking up with you, or hiding your keys, wallet, textbooks, or phone, stealing your belongings, undermining your plans, dreams, and self esteem while pretending it's because they love you. Number seven, blame, making you feel guilty and responsible for their aggressive or destructive behavior. Blaming the world or you for their problems, always saying, this is your fault, or you made me do this. Number eight, anger, overreacting to small problems, frequently losing control, violent outbursts, having severe mood swings, drinking or partying excessively when upset. Threatening to hurt you or your loved ones, picking fights, having a history of violent behavior, and making you feel afraid. So that was the second half of the eight, five through eight. Criticism, sabotage, blame, and anger. So I hope you use that. Again, link is in the show notes. I love to introduce the concepts, the incremental nature of just how toxic and meshed and abusive relationships start. Not so that they freak out. And, you know, and just, just, just leave at the first sign of any of these eight signs. No. But that they see them. Because you can't point them out, address them, set a boundary if you don't see them. These eight allow a framework for young people to be able to set up boundaries. Defining boundaries. Telling someone what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. It is essential. That our youth realize and practice the setting and the communication of boundaries in their relationships. Not just dating, but in all their relationships. All right, that was part one. Please come back for part two where I continue this topic and provide some other exercises, some other ways to create a great conversation about what a healthy relationship looks like and really focusing on being able to identify what an unhealthy relationship looks like. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast useful, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with a friend. If you would like to find more information about this podcast or my upcoming presentations, please check out my website, Perspective fourparents.com spelled out that's perspective the number four parents.com thanks again